Welcome to the Frontier Podcast. I'm your host, Ledge, and in this episode, we're talking with John Fitch from Animal Ventures, who's going to help us take a look into the blockchain hype cycle. With all the chatter about cryptocurrencies and startups clamoring for developers to build their questionable ICOs, we wondered what's being missed. What real-world use cases for blockchain are happening right now out in the wild? What's the future of the blockchain development stack? What should business leaders be thinking about when it comes to this disruptive technology that some people are calling Internet 3.0? Hey, welcome. Uh, we're here today with uh, John Fitch, venture partner from Animal Ventures. John, why don't you give a quick intro of yourself and the, the company, and we'll, we'll dive into some of the fun stuff. Well, you're probably not expecting this, but one of my favorite things to ask with anyone we work with, and that includes you guys is my spirit animal is an Arctic wolf. If you were to pick a spirit animal, what would yours be? My friend? Oh, uh, no, it's tempting to say tree sloth, but, uh, you know, let, let me try to try to upgrade a little bit. I, we've been listening to the Harry Potters with the kids. So, you know, I'm going to go with the, the stag Patronus myself. So one of the best answers I've ever heard. There you go. So, so anyway, uh, at Animal Ventures, I lead up a lot of, essentially I would call them experiments. We are a prototyping venture firm that's really focused on supply chain automation. So we are sort of a skunk works for a lot of Fortune 100 companies, specifically applied to their supply chain and supply chain thinking. So the convergence of blockchain or decentralized computing, AI and industrial IOT or industrial robotics is the three sort of sandboxes we play in. And I lead up all of our experiments. So we have very small teams that meet with the supply chain leadership of these companies and through uh, a little kit we've formed of design thinking and prototyping within 12 weeks, they build a shippable prototype to help solve a business goal today. But it's a domino that future builds can take advantage of and build momentum from. So we're just firm believers in instead of traditional consulting, where usually you're given a PowerPoint or a keynote of either take option A, option B, either way, it's your choice. Uh, we like to really go in there, find a few entrepreneurs inside of that company and kind of spin up a, a little startup on the side and, and within 12 weeks, um, you know, test and learn. Fantastic. And you and I started this conversation off camera, you know, about I had noticed and was interested in, you know, this, this idea around, obviously we deal with a lot of technical talent and uh, some of the popular press types of uh, providers have, you know, put out their, their content pieces talking about the number one most requested freelance jobs are, are all in blockchain. And we've certainly seen the demand. Um, and yet I have this sense of uh, maybe the contrarian sense that, you know, the hype cycle around, the blockchain has largely lived in the, the cryptocurrency space. And, and they, hey, look, there's a lot of cool stuff going on there, a lot of value. We have some clients in crypto. Uh, and yet, you know, there's so much else there. 
and supply chain automation, you know, it's just sort of one of those things where I don't know if a lot of people sit at home and think, you know, supply chain automation is, is where it's happening. Right. Uh, and yet we know that there's a tremendous amount of value store there in, in blockchain, IOT, AI, you know, so I was curious for your perspectives on the, the market for, you know, we can go with blockchain just to start, right. And developers in blockchain and, um, what's your broad thinking on the ecosystem there? That's, it's a great, great question. And I have a lot of thoughts on it. I think if people are listening that have ever been in a position of leading product, I hope you would pride yourself on your team's accuracy, whether that's a 12 week build like we go about, or if it's a company that's been building a product uh, over the course of two years, if you're a product manager, product leader, how much, how much throwaway work are your devs or your designers having? Um, if, if that is a high ratio, well, shame on you. You probably haven't done the best job. And I would say the biggest threat to the space is not necessarily, do you need the talent? The question is, do you need blockchain for your problems as a company? Depending on your situation, um, you know, the answer presents itself, but I am seeing lots of hype. I've written about this extensively because I had to put a filter on my inbox of people wanting me to vet ICOs given the amount of talent I have in the space. And instead of trying to address all of those, I just wrote an article and my had an autoresponder just saying, here's my, here's my thoughts. And you know, if you, if you, if you are a subscriber to the Gartner hype cycle, um, if you do have your hands dirty in the space, you realize that it is such early days that right now, like the most exciting discussions are, what's the next library or what's the next toolkit to, to even be able to prototype. So, you know, when I look at a massive amount of ICOs that are promising some massive business value, I chuckle inside because I know that deep down inside, a lot of the piping is not even in place. Um, so should business people study distributed ledger technology like blockchain? Yes. I mean, this is the emergence of a lot of underlying tech that's exciting that introduces a new age of computing. So definitely learn about it so you know the terminology so that you can vet whether it applies to your business or not. Mm -hmm. If you're a developer, the same applies. You should be experimenting. You should be learning. But I, the good developers I know, you know, don't kid themselves. They, they realize like, oh, wow, there's a scalability issue or, oh, wow, that's really not that secure. And they get to that level of confidence by tinkering. You know, I think the one thing to shed a light on that is exciting is blockchain as a whole or distributed ledger technology introduces a melding that I don't think has ever existed before. Like if you're going to be a head developer and you're thinking about a decentralized app, you actually have to like think with three hats on. The first is a developer hat. It's code. Obviously you need to think about systems thinking and programmatic problem solving. The second is government governance. Like this technology's underlying implications is you are taking power away from centralized authority and sharing it amongst people. That's called governance. 
So you, you should, I don't know, have a background or at least a access to information on the history of governance models or current thinking around it, because whether it's an open blockchain or a federated blockchain, you're talking about participants that have to find a way to trust each other. So the second hat is kind of a policy slash government hat. And then the third is economic because whether you want to get lost in the token economy aspects of it, like if it's a decentralized network, you need to think about behavioral economics incentives because why, why is someone going to sign up for your decentralized network? Is there value for me to do that? Is there incentive models in place to reward the people who are good participants and then highly punish the people that try to mess with it? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's, it's a new type of person or a new type of mindset that you have to have if you're going to be building anything that you plan to productionize. Um, I think that that's the real like shift. And um, that's, that's something I'm always looking for in people that want to join these projects. I think also what's interesting is maybe this, I don't mean to burst anyone's bubble, but you know, two years ago, the only people playing in blockchain were crazy, insane, talented cryptographers. So it would have been like, hey, do you know a cryptographer? That would have been blockchain talk, right? And those are the people that built a lot of the core infrastructure that we're seeing today behind Bitcoin and Ethereum and the, the actually adopted uh, ledger technology out there. I mean, the people who really designed those are like pay graves above me in terms of technical capability and a rare few. Right. But just like we saw the birth of low level seed level programming language, then you saw what libraries frameworks sure. that's happening right now. I mean, there's this exciting wave of dev tools coming out. I mean, developers I've interacted with in past product builds at animal are now going off based on their experience with us going, Oh, there's this little, library or this tool that I can make to make things easier for developers in that space. So I actually have this part of me that in a few months or years, depending on how things escalate, the developer who you pride right now in your organization, let's say they're a JavaScript developer or Haskell or a Python, they will be your blockchain developer because they're the, you know, the frameworks are going to evolve in such a way where you don't need to be a kernel dev to get the job right. done. The question is, is your developer a good problem solver? And that, that applies today as it did yesterday and as it, it will tomorrow. To right? All implementations, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, if you're a company that wants to create core level protocols in blockchain, hey, you're probably gonna need someone uh, that is at a skill level uh, that is actually very rare because that person that you would need is probably building the next blockchain protocol. They, you know, they don't want to join you per se. Right. Um, and so, you know, when you look at three layers, I like to always talk about with our clients, like a triangle, the bottom layer is that core infrastructure. Again, like consensus algorithms, mm -hmm. like really crazy tech. And then you've got that middleware layer, which right now I'm seeing more and more projects there. That's like libraries and frameworks. Yeah, abstraction layers. Totally. And then you've got the DAP layer. The problem is, is people were trying to jump from that bottom one and immediately tap, uh, put the top, the, the application layer, the DAP layer right on top of it. And therefore your things don't scale. Um, right. So yeah, it, there's definitely a hype cycle, but,
But I think education, no matter what, is important because I think a lot of people only connect blockchain to cryptocurrency. And to me, that's, that's kind of a big problem because there's, there's more application than just the currency side. And in fact, sure. I'll never consider myself someone able to process the crypto economics because I'm not a currency expert, nor am I, do I work at some political building <laughs> who actually makes the calls on that. But right. what I am is a technologist and a product person. And the fact that Ethereum, and this is why I jumped in, my friend, was I just had this epiphany like, wait, this is a global computer that you can build apps on that no one owns. That's what made me go into it. And these next generation blockchains, I actually call blockchain computers. Uh, they, okay. they are a shared computer for everyone to compute against. That's what's exciting to me. It has nothing to do with the currency side. And so that would be the bottom layer of the pyramid and then the, the very first level or two of that abstraction middleware that really enables solutions to be built on top. Yeah, yeah. And, and the usage of those solutions, I, it seems to me that there's as much work to be done there on how, where, why would I use this? Because I never had the ability to think about a distributed ledger and what capabilities does it have? Thus, I need to, maybe on the business pyramid, I'm thinking in that layer of, wow, I can abstract pieces of my business model. I can yeah. automate, I can yeah. uh, increase productivity, I can e increase uh, the the quality metrics, the, the ROI, the way that I track things, different KPIs. So is that, is that accurate? And maybe what are a couple of examples? Okay. You talk about supply chain, you know, yeah. well, what's that mean? Where, where's all this go? Yeah, sure. So we at animal ventures always talk about a concept of what we like to, I mean, it's sci-fi, for sure, but we're heading there and we, we are doing our part of prototyping towards it. But our leadership, we like to talk about the idea of a cognitive supply chain. Mm -hmm. And that is the, again, if you look at where things are going in automation, I mean, we have right now robots that are assembling our cars. Like that's, that's been around for a while actually. Uh, but there used to be a very human dependent aspect of that, right? For maintenance and doing parts and whatnot. Well, in, a, in Ethereum, for example, which introduced the idea of a smart contract, that just means automated business logic or automated decision-making. And it's making that decision based on the state of the shared network. So with Ethereum, you know, we're looking at examples where a smart box that has highly sensitive pharmaceutical uh, products in it, right? that needs to be kept in a, temp a certain temperature range that can't be tampered with given its context, right? You can have those rules coded into that small device that has sensors on it that can self-police its, its decisions. Right. Um, and the only way that you and me and the four others in our industry would feel comfortable is that we all have visibility into the state of that. So sure. in terms of, self-maintenance in terms of 
meeting compliance and programming compliance into things, the internet of things. Right. Th- those are areas where it's really applicable today for us. Also, there's the whole concept that most of us don't think about in supply chain. Trust me, this is all new to me. I'm not the only, <laughs> I'm a supply chain experimenter. I, I, I would not take pride in saying I'm a supply chain expert because I think it's all changing so much that it's a bad thing to be an expert. Sure. So um, things have to be tested when they're imported. And most of everything that's made today from raw material to end product, it, it, as it is created, that thing crosses a lot of jurisdictions and there's testing on import protocols in place that governments enforce to make sure things are safe, to make sure that the thing that you buy is the thing that's legit and it's not going to hurt you or it's not a counterfeit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, and that, and, and now those intentions are, are important behind the, the reason to test. The problem is, is there's no shared standards. Mm-hmm. So whether it's pharmaceuticals, whether it's food, whether it's medical devices, whether it's machinery for an airplane, whatever the case there's a ton of latency around when things pass a certain border or, you know, finally get imported. So there's actually a, a ton of waste, a ton of expiration that happens because there's no shared standards. Well, if all of the different import facilities had a shared decentralized computer, therefore it has its own standards of the serialization, you know, the, the parameters of the product, and, you know, those are being in smart containers being maintained that the, 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 the moment they quote test it shouldn't last very long. They can see from this point to this point, to this point, to this point, whether things changed or not. And that's shared in a decentralized fashion. So there's security resiliency. Uh, again, there's no, there's a, there it's trust lists. You don't need to ask yourself, do I trust them? Do I trust them? It's like, we all, we all can see it. And so this concept of shared state uh, applied, uh, that's an abstraction applied to any supply chain use case that we kind of focus on. Um, and again, we, we're seeing the adoption on like a consortium level. And I think that'll involve, uh, evolve to where just like the internet evolved, where first you started off with just a company's private network. Then they like, all right, let's share this with our partners. And then eventually industry to industry. And then eventually parts of that speak to the internet. I think the same thing is going to happen here in web 3.0 right now. A lot of the experimentation we do is in uh, federated blockchains. So that means it's a decentralized network, but it's with known participants with identities. So, you know, if today I'm in Pittsburgh, we're essentially building the like trucking computer uh, and that involves carriers and and, uh, freight partners that they benefit from having a shared state uh, with their shipments. Uh, there's a lot of other examples, but I would say if you asked yourself, where do we currently have black holes in terms of visibility into our mm-hmm. supply chain and in terms of it, you should be looking into blockchain. Interesting. Interesting. And talent developers, thinkers, problem solvers, you know, it's going to be a while till this makes it out of uh, the abstraction phase, you know, it's like we need middleware types of things to uh, to be as, com- you know, as sort of consumable, right, as your JavaScript framework, you know, hey, it's 
it's like how native apps, you know, can even be built cross platform using a JavaScript framework now. Right. All right. Very cool. Um, you know, what's, what's it going to look like as this proliferates? Do you imagine, uh, do you imagine it's that common as uh, something like a, a JavaScript framework and that just, it just simply is, it's the new way we do everything. Yeah. I, I, I fundamentally believe that. Um, I mean, the signals are there for me. Um, Oracle, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, we're experimenting with all of these. They're starting to provide blockchain frameworks. Again, are they going to be able to scale to a public net like Ethereum? Probably not. But your team right now, your devs that you have, probably know enough about JavaScript Mm -hmm. to start experimenting, to understand what this stuff means. Again, is your company, does it need to create a cryptographic, like new consensus algorithm? If your answer is no, then don't go like looking for a core blockchain dev. Your lead JavaScript dev probably has the toolkit that, he or she needs for the next while to start experimenting and preparing for the new paradigms that are coming, but they're coming. I mean, they're coming today. Um, and so I think the biggest question is actually has nothing to do with blockchain. It has to do with the state of prototyping agile development, how fast mm -hmm. all this stuff is increasing. And that's the skill you really need. Like who in your organization, whether it's in house or you work with uh, an institution like gun, like, Who's good at unlearning, actually? Because there's parts of this computing and development that you have to unlearn some things in order to dive into some of these current libraries and like, all right, let's let's spin let's spin a clusters up in Kubernetes and like, you know, have that run some smart contracts. Like they have to unlearn a few things from traditional web development, but their skill set that they have terms of syntax and problem solving still applies, you know? So I think the, the, who you're really looking for is people that have throughout other cycles of new tech have been able to unlearn and pick up the new stuff right. and, and ship some interesting things. Sure. Uh, uh, domain driven design and yeah. you know, all these types of things. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Abstraction, microservices yeah. patterns, you know, I mean, all this stuff is being taken to yeah. the extreme now, you know, it's like, yeah. well, it's, you know, almost every state in time is therefore, you know, its own instance of whatever we need, which gets you into serverless, which yeah. gets you into, you know, it's just like almost infinite layers of abstraction into, yeah. you know, the public net. Yeah. I would say, you know, the, we have a set of devs that on our, on our prototyping builds, we hand select one or two developers on that inside of that client's company. Mm -hmm. By the end of the 12 weeks, by prototyping alongside of us, they know a lot. Like they could, sure. they could start experimenting. Who we have to spend the most time on, my friend, is business leaders. Because actually this technology has the biggest impact sure. from an economics, government, industry agreement. Like it's really business facing. So if you're an executive trying to be told like, oh, you need blockchain developers. Actually, the first thing you should do is like go learn about blockchain. Why and do I need blockchain yourself. at all? <laughs> yeah. Or like, how is this going to like truly 
change my industry sure, and sure. start and start thinking about new business models or ancillary business models that this introduces. I mean, our, our, our leadership actually spends the most amount of time on that social engineering because the tech stuff is going to get easier and easier. And right. the idea of decentralized computing, it's been around for like 30 years. It's just, we finally saw the right tools come to place to, to make it scalable. Um, but now that it's scalable and there's more and more abstraction sure. layers, it's going to really start changing business. And so the people wearing suits and have the title of CEO and head of supply chain, they, they drive the strategy of the, the company. Right. And so they need right. to be thinking about what's next. Sure. The, right. the, 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 the develop your developers today are going to follow like this stuff is not that hard for them to wrap their minds around. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to wrap your mind around how you might have to cannibalize yourself and start a new company in a way. Yeah. And you can think about, I mean, it's just all kinds of support functions too. I mean, look, it's not just logistics, you know, well, what else is a set of rules that you can execute without humans? You know, how about accounting? Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of back office use cases, back office, you know, even um, if, if all of marketing becomes data driven and, you know, sort of stateful, interactions with every customer well customer success is essentially a contract too you know and it you get a little crazy with you know you go down and down and down but you quickly see where it hits the ai you know pathway because it's going to be such an amazing amount of data you know and immutable immutable trusted data right right that you can then make leaps and assumptions and massive changes in the way we're making decisions and yeah yeah, it's neat stuff yeah like in you know when i thought i remember when i first dove in when i realized ethereum was not just a paper a technical paper like no it's this real thing and we started playing around with it that was the moment i was fully convinced we are on the path for iot and machine learning Mm -hmm. because if you think about how you teach you you have you have um kids right it's like Mm -hmm when you tell your kid red is red, it's red, right? It just is. Yeah. And, and, and if, if you're training a machine, let's call it Teddy, Teddy needs to feel confident. And if you're, if you're going with a, a deep learning model that what you're referencing it, what you're training it on, um, it can assess across a network that that is what it is. That is the thing that is the standard. Um, and, in a decentralized world, I think we'll just see more and more standards develop. Therefore you can create more intelligent processes Uh, because again, you can see reputation associated with the standard. There's weight around that. Um, And then again, like there's, there's a really exciting security side and some of our projects have been solely focused just on like network resiliency. So there are parts of uh, blockchain computing that that introduces and, you know, IOT as exciting as it can be. I think we have to also have sort of the Debbie Downer outlook, which is like, it's actually a very scary world of cybersecurity and sure. you got to think about that. And so um, I think the underlying distributed ledger tech starts making those two fields much more reachable in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. Well, you're deploying a device that can connect to the internet on every single square inch of humanity and, and the world, all of which are then attack vectors. So, yeah. I mean, you can quickly yeah. imagine how that could become a nightmare. So, excellent. Hey, inspiring as usual. 
Much appreciated. Uh, how about a how about a last philosophical thought for us? Sure. So there was this book, and this is this is not this is not a, a sponsored statement. Uh, you know, I've just uh, we are since we love decentralized tech. Uh, Animal Ventures is actually a very decentralized organization, um, and Gun has been incredible for us uh, in terms of finding people that just understand the way we work. And I think what's been great about that is it, this is kind of a separate vision of where things are going. There was this book, I think his name was Richard Florida. Um, Don't quote me on that, but the book is titled rise of the creative class. Mm -hmm. He was way ahead of his time of predicting the gig economy. And you know, that by 20, 2025, you know, you're looking at the majority of the world is freelance. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that that's true. And based on how fast technology is going, I think all that is left for us is project-based work. And so, you know, I've, I've really appreciated working with um, your teams. And again, I think it's not a blockchain developer. It's not a machine learning developer. It's not a cryptographer you need. It's everything is, and they're good at prototyping uh, because if you invest too much time in a skill too much into shipping a product uh, likely by the time you're done building it, everything else has changed. And so in a way it's obsolete. And so having people that are very used to kind of rapid cycle is, is what's valuable. And you guys have been able to provide that for us. Um, and so I think other organizations should be really be thinking about that. Well, much appreciated. <laughs> Thanks for the commercial pitch at the end. <laughs> Awesome, man. Ron Fitch, uh, nice spending time with you. Likewise, my friend. We're going to get this out on the site, and uh, we look forward to more stuff together with Animal Ventures. Yep. Happy creating. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.